swinging really excites me. Just being in a room with other couples who understand and empathize and get it and are in the lifestyle, so to speak, of kink and sex play. I would feel safe in that with where I am right now. And exploring that is something that I would love to do as well. I'm Alexa, and you're listening to That Sex Check, a Soulfire production. So we're sitting across from each other on the Zoom screen. And the subject, that really the only thing that we know for the recording of this podcast is the subject. We're coming into this conversation without predetermined questions. It's not necessarily interview style like some of the other episodes are whenever there's multiple guests. Who I'm with right now is Serena, Serena Rose, who (laughs) is a part of the Sex and Love Co. team. And we're going to do a bit of an experiment. Uh, Like I said, all we have is the subject matter. And we're going to see how this conversation unfolds. There's a possibility that it unfolds a little bit like a coaching kind of call. And there's a possibility that it winds up where we're both somewhat in a teacher role and position. So everyone buckle up for the ride, this experimental ride on open relationships, specifically an open marriage or opening a marriage. Mm -hmm. So Serena, how, you know, at the beginning, I I started to talk with you about how you envision, you know, this episode going down and you started to share from your heart. And I went, wait, 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 I need to catch this rewind. Let's hit record. And then let's see what happens. So I would love to hear, you know, like I said before, like the question that I asked before, you know, your vision and what you hope to get out of this show today. Yeah. Thank you so much. So before meeting my husband, we'll be married for a year coming up in April. I was strictly monogamous up until meeting him and even still in our marriage up until this point right now. Um, monogamy has been the way of <laughs> my person and something that attracted me to him. And a reason why I was very excited to spend my life with him is because we're both open to exploring sex play, polyamory, and potentially even opening our marriage and dating other people. And he has more experience with this than I do. And he was strictly polyamorous for the few years leading up to marrying me. So we had opposite lifestyles and relationship styles. And so now when we sit down and talk about things, it can be almost debilitating. And I go into to freeze mode because I don't necessarily know what I want or don't want And I am definitely, I know you don't love this word, but I am a sex explorer. (laughs) I like sex exploration. It turns me on. Um, So I'm excited about testing the waters and figuring things out and getting to the point of actually putting the toes in, the leg in, the whole body in can be really challenging for myself and for me and my partner. And it's something in this field 
I know so many people have these conversations or want to have them and aren't having them. And so I thought it would be really fun for us to come on and open up my, my life here and talk about it. Yeah. And see, see what comes up because I think in our conversation, some of the questions that I'm already, I already have floating to the surface are some really great questions for people who are listening that might be considering having, even just having this conversation, not necessarily embracing this as a part of their life. Some of the questions that I'm about to ask you, I would ask anyone that is even remotely close, you know, to considering this and, and thank you for sharing your, your truth in it. Um, I know that, that it isn't necessarily easy in some ways. I, I see my relationship with Jordan somewhat mirrored in a sense where I was more skilled in kink and BDSM and that part of my sexual expression than Jordan. But Jordan came into the relationship like, yeah, I'm excited to learn. And then when it actually came time to do it, mm-hmm. he had all kinds of stuff come up. It, but I mean, it wasn't like it would come up all at one time. It was kind of a little bit here and there. And it would come up in just forms of resistance where there would be a suggestion or I would you know, we would have sex a particular kind of way and I would ask questions about something different or something shifting, or I would try to bring up like why the dynamic was a particular way. And he would resist, you know, what would it mean for him in order to give the thing that I was asking for? Like, did it mean that he was going to have to fundamentally change who he was and what he anticipated for his life? If I ask these other things of him and then how, how to reconcile not feeling super authentic in the expression. You know, I want to give these things to you. I love you. I said I was down and I'm not ready and I don't know when I'll be ready. And it's just that there's so much mm-hmm. present in these kinds of conversations and it's so vulnerable. Like, it, like that's it, real. It is. And I've said almost word for word, the exact things to David, like I am here, my heart is here and I'm just not ready yet. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll say uh, a phrase that I always say I learned from Brandy Michelle, which is my older sister, when she starts sentences with, well, the truth of the matter is, she says it sassy like that with a New Orleans accent. Well, the truth of the matter is in a committed partnership and relationship, you can only go as fast as the slowest nervous system. Hope that made sense. That more or less is paraphrased from something that I got from trauma and somatics, learning from Will and Ariana, who I know you have also learned from, where it's, okay, we've got a subject or an idea that's available. And if both nervous systems can, you know, that doesn't mean that you won't have adrenaline spike and excitement and anticipation and all of that present. But if there is fight, flight, freeze, fawn, one of those, mm-hmm. if one of those is present on any level, then we need to slow it down. And it's challenging at times. I know for me, uh, for, for Jordan and I, and I'll just bring in the open conversation for us. I have made promises to him where, because I've also, we've also navigated some of these conversations and there have been times where I'm like, yeah, I want to see you getting freaky with another person in front of me. That's hot. And then as we approach marriage, I was like, everyone look the other way. We are in our little (laughs) bubble. You cannot, you cannot encroach upon us. And, uh, and I've just kind of like flip-flopped back and forth, you know, and, and being the Mm -hmm. mystery in you as well, the mystery of the woman that you are dynamic and ever changing and going to keep it exciting, you know, going through cycles and seasons and all that. Mm -hmm. But my promise to Jordan was 
I'm, I'm a no right now. It doesn't mean I'm a no forever and be with me in that. Mm -hmm. Like you can breathe and rest assured that I'm going to do the work that's required in order for this conversation to move forward. It's not going to move forward next week, but it also might. Let's just see, you know, so having that conversation of like, I am doing, I'm not doing nothing here. Mm -hmm. So that's a piece of it too. Yeah, absolutely. I have had mirrored conversations to that effect as well. Like, I promise I'm turned on by all of this. I want it. I'm just not there right now. Yeah. And I mean, if you're with your person and you're, and there's any level of pressure or there's any level of coercion or manipulation or come on, let's just try it. How could you not, you can't know if you don't try. Well, no, I can think about it and I can see everything in my system start shutting down. And then I start spiraling and dissociating, just considering it. I don't need to just try it. Let me just be where I am right here for a moment, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Luckily, I mean, David's really, really cute. Um, He will suggest things often, playfully, um, innocently, and genuinely because he's excited. So we have been going to a swingers club mildly frequently. And I'd say every two weeks, he's like, what are we doing this weekend? Can we go to the swingers club? And sometimes I'm like, dude, stop, (laughs) rewind, take it back, leave it alone. Um, And then sometimes I'm like, yeah, let's, that sounds great. Let's do that. For sure. And I think um, I'm going to loop back around to that and put a bow on the, on the, the conversation for people who do feel some of that pressure. If you can imagine being in a, you know, or even just using your example, if you were to like kind of cave or collapse and go, okay. And then something sideways happens, you know, on any level. And it's like, see, I can't trust this. And I can't trust myself because I didn't honor what I was really feeling. And I just gave the person the thing and I wound up hurt in some way, you know, thinking this is what I was fearful of in the first place. Now, from the other perspective of the person who has done a little bit of the, they might think that it's playful pressure, like I'm going to encourage you to get out of your comfort zone. And they might get really excited about it because they also want it. And it's a little bit selfish, but it's mostly connective. And then they see that their person that they love so much is in distress. And I think that, you know, there are times when without going too into story where Jordan has watched that happen for us and it crushes him. Mm -hmm. He's so sorry. I'm so sorry I pushed you to do this thing. I'm so sorry I didn't I didn't see in you that you weren't ready or that you didn't want. And then even though there's, you know, we just had a conversation with Casey, um, Casey Neal, who is also one of the podcast episodes um, for the listeners. You can go back and listen, but she was talking about oopsies and ouchies where it's like you go into it and you go from a place of love and you think, okay, I'm ready or I'm going to try this thing. And then it's like, oops, I wasn't ready. But if you can Mm -hmm. stay connected in that or ouch, that actually really hurt, you know, and and not make, not blow them up. If you can stay connected, then they can really stay like a oops or an ouch versus like, this was just another really traumatic experience. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? So, Mm -hmm. um, so I have some questions for you. Okay. 
I have answers. I think, I right. hope we'll find out. Or, or, you know, you might have a, a little bit of an answer now and then you bring the question to your journal or to your meditation or to a hoppe ceremony or mm-hmm. to conversations with your kitty, Jessica. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and then maybe it changes or maybe something else comes up, you know? So I am curious. I'm going to be curious a lot, probably for the rest of the show. And I'm probably also going to use the phrase I imagine a lot. Um, so just, just ahead of time, I, so the first thing that I am curious about is when you consider opening up and playing and exploring with other people, what are the types of things that come to mind for you? Do you mean in, so in my mind, Mm -hmm. I separate sex play from like dating or polyamory. So are you asking from playing with others sexually or opening up and playing with others in a romantic, more emotional way? You choose. What's What's the thing that seems to be a little bit more the hot button? Um, So the hot button would probably be the emotional, romantic, dating other people. Um, Do you feel as though playing with others and maybe going, you know, whether it's sexual play and it's not all the emotional, you're not actually dating other people or you're going to the swinger, the lifestyle club and having Mm -hmm. those kinds of experiences. Do you consider that uh, on its own an experience to have, or do you consider that a bit of a stepping stone on the way to the other thing? I think both. It's a stepping stone for sure. And it also is an experience of its own at the same time. So I get more triggered or my nervous system gets more activated when I think about the romantic and emotional connections and dating other people and opening up in that way. Um, sex to me is a little bit more, it sounds weird to say, but, uh, disconnected. Um, so I can go and have sex and do the thing and play and have a good time and maybe even have someone that we do that with often, but it's not necessarily an emotional connection. And I know that all of these things are agreements that can be made between two people in a partnership and they'll look different between every partnership. And that's part of what is so confusing to me because David's open to any of it and all of it. And at times I'm like, great. So this is, I get to decide and that's great. And I love the, the, the power and the being able to control my destiny in that way. Um, but also it does feel at times like pressure and it's pressure that I'm putting on myself, not pressure that he is putting on me Mm. to be clear. You also are married to a shapeshifter on the erotic blueprint. Uh, So he, it makes sense, right? He's like, Oh yeah, more, please more, just more, please. All of it. (laughs) Yeah. And I learned that I'm a shapeshifter also. Yeah. So you also like more, please. Mm -hmm. Some other things a little bit more than others, but Yeah. Still going strong over here, y'all. Everyday Dose has helped me transition off of coffee and into more presence, less angst, and more sustainable energy in my life. With a third of the caffeine compared to coffee, this mushroom blend features sun theanine, lion's mane, chaga, and collagen protein. 
and it actually tastes great. Ready to kick coffee with me, but keep the yummy morning Bev? Go to everydaydose.com, code that sex chick for savings at checkout, even if the items you are purchasing are already discounted. Yeah, baby. Everydaydose.com. Now that's what you consider. What does, well, I'll, I'll just kind of zoom in a little bit on what you said. Uh, I recently went for coffee. It wasn't really coffee. It was like a mushroom elixir, uh, you know, we, to go out for something when I can't have my shameless plug everyday dose uh, at home, went for like mushroom latte elixir things at a kind of crunchy place here in Austin with a girlfriend. And she had questions that was about opening her relationship and her marriage and all of that. And their foundation wasn't really good. It was more like, this is going to come up and I know that there's interest. And I was like, listen, we talk about, I talk about, I work with couples that are solid in their communication. They're committed to growing in their communication. They're not opening their relationship because they're lacking. That is a bit of a recipe for it's, you know, it's a stepping stone on the way for the relationship to dissolve. You know, if they're doing it from a place of lack um, and not from a place of connection on some level, you can still get your needs met. Like if you have a, a partner that doesn't want to fulfill a fetish or a kink that you really, really want, you can be connected and not make it a requirement in the relationship to stay in the relationship, still get that need met and do it all from very empowered and fuck yeah place. So I'm just going to throw that out there too, that there's two sides of the, like my needs aren't being met combo coming at it from like the foundational place. And that was my response to her was the Mm -hmm. foundation has to be there. There's got to be some love and some connection and some fuck yeah energy. There can still be nervousness because this is inherently risky, but it also is part of what makes it hot is that it is risky. It's those feelings that bring up, you know, the nervous system, the kind of fear, the jealousy, all that, that shit makes people feel alive. It's passion. And passion. Yeah. 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 So, but really the, the thing that I wanted to zoom in on is that I've heard this said in so many words that women, and I'm speaking very generally here, very nor- heteronormative kind of relationship. Uh, women are most concerned with men you know, having relationships with other women outside of their, outside of their relationship, they're mostly concerned with emotional connection and men are mostly concerned with a sexual connection. It's let's put these two dynamics. Let's say like there was cheating that happened, which is, you know, sex of some sort, some kind of connection, however you define that. Cause I've noticed over many years that, or over a lifetime that people consider cheating to mean all kinds of different things. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's just say she finds out that he is doing X, Y, Z and she wants to know, was it a one-time thing? Was it a one-time thing? I just need to know, like, are you seeing this person? Cause that's like the formation of, uh, of possible emotional connection. And if there's emotional connection, then this man who she might have children with, there's the possibility that he fathers children with someone else. And then he brings his resources to that other relationship. So on a very biological primal mm-hmm. level, we're trying to protect our resources and the things that we have cultivated and grown, whether that's children or just a life. And then men, on the other hand, want to know, am I raising another man's child? Are my resources being utilized to raise someone else's child? And so they want to know, you know, did you have sex with them? You know, 
like was yeah. it protection? They want to know, was there protection? They want to know something that things that are a little bit more sexually oriented, which I yeah. find fascinating. That is so fascinating. I was going to say that word. I'm like, that's fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, I outline some of that and I show, you know, I share some of that because it's like, I think if we really understand the human in all of us, it doesn't make actions. It doesn't make, make, make for a time where we just disregard or, you know, remove responsibility from people's actions per se and just go, oh, well, they're human. No, you have logic and reason and choice. Uh, but really understanding the human and them, I think gives more empathy and a little bit more grace. And it's like, oh, we're just being humans. Cool. Mm -hmm. All right. We can work with this. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the truth of the matter is Uh for me, um, in a way it, there is some trust there that has been broken and you know about this. I don't think the listeners do, but I found online dating profiles active on my husband's computer one day. Um, Mm. And I have forgiven him completely from that. But in the back of my mind, I'm like, if he can lie about that, then what else can he lie about? So I don't imagine him to or invite it in that he would lie to me again in the future. Um, yeah, but it's scary to, to surrender to that and to trust that. And I think for me, I almost, part of me wants to say, I wouldn't care if he had emotional connections or sexual contact with other people, as long as he was honest about it. Mm -hmm. So the honesty and the communication is the foundation for me. And that is a lot of where my hesitation comes from. Totally. Ah, that's big. And I have been there in the past too. Yeah. And it's also very common to normalize it, unfortunately, um, on both sides, you know, it shows up in many different varieties. We're flirtatious creatures and, Mm -hmm. you know, there's Instagram messages and, you know, women get mad about photos being liked and that's, you know, cheating to some women. So um, just to normalize it. Like it is a normal thing. It does happen, unfortunately. And it's part of why we're here is to invite people to learn how to communicate and to navigate these things in a conscious way. Okay. TMI. But when is it not TMI over here at that sex chick? (laughs) So I ovulate on the full moon. And I have my period on the new moon, witchy, right? My most recent period brought on some low-level headaches, cramping, and fatigue. And some cycles, it's a bit worse than others. Overall, I feel pretty fortunate that I've never had it all that bad with PMS or period symptoms. But occasionally, I do have it bad enough that my little holistic everything self starts considering the Advil liquid gels. If I can, though, my preference is to stay as natural with my products as I possibly can. This time around, my most recent cycle, I tried a really high-quality CBD-CBN blend to help with my cycle, and I was so pleased with how it supported me. I actually didn't have very high hopes, um, so when I noticed that the cramps and the headache actually started to subside and started to mellow out, 
I was really surprised and certainly relieved. Something that can also get a little wonky at various times in my cycle is my sleep. The past two months, I've tried a special sleep blend of CBD about 30 minutes before bed to support me in getting better, deeper sleep as well. Cured is swiftly taking over my medicine cabinet. I never thought super high quality CBD or CBN would be so beneficial in my life. Whether I'm taking it to help curb anxiety, to give me a brain boost when it's partnered with adaptogenic mushrooms, whether it's to help me sleep better or even help my dogs chill the fuck out when company is over. I'm truly digging it. And I think you will too. To give Cured Nutrition a try, go to curednutrition.com. The code, that's XCHICK, will give you 10% off your order unless you're already scooping up a bundle that includes lots of savings. Once you give her a try, please reach out to me and let me know how it goes. I love having the space to introduce you to companies and products that I personally use and love. We, Sex and Love Co., have super high standards when it comes to collaborating with other companies and other brands. And as a small business owner myself, I also love having the opportunity to support other small businesses as well. Well, I was just thinking like as you're describing that and, and you say unfortunately, because it, it is to a degree unfortunate and it's another one of those human things. Like we are built for connection and built for love and built to seek pleasure and validation and all of those things. And so it does come with life. And as you were describing it, I'm like, yep, I've been there. And I imagine that there's many people who are listening right now. That's like, yeah, same. So again, like you said, normalizing it and making it uh, just know like that this is pretty common. And, and it's like, oh, wow, this was not cool. Now I get to repair. So rip, repair. And then on the other side of rip, repair is essentially like callous. I like looked at my hands just now because of the, the barbell, you know, and dumbbells ripping it apart. It rips and repairs and then it comes back stronger so that I can do that exercise even better again. And, um, and then that's what's on, like I was saying, that's on the other side of that is deeper levels of intimacy. So, okay. So the things that are on your heart and your mind with regards to exploring and moving forward, what is ideally, what could you see as your next step on the journey? Mm, I see us we just had a conversation about this over the weekend. So I said, if dating other people is a 10 and us dating someone together is a five, what would our one, two, three, and four be? And so one could be us creating an online profile together as a couple and just doing that and exploring that and having it be active and live. Um, and two could be reaching out to people, connecting with people. Three could be going on a date with someone, an actual date, you know, and four could be, um, one of us or both of us physically connecting with this person and five would be us dating this person together or one of us dating them or something. So Beautiful. Well, you knew at some point in this conversation, I was going to bring up the scale, <laughs> the one to 10 scale. Yeah. You know, cause then that's, that's, it's almost like you spend a lot of time doing this work, Miss Serena Rose. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That scale is one of my favorite tools. Me too, because it bring it, it, um, it's not as scary. It's like, oh, I don't have to do this thing that's registering in my body as a 10. I don't have to do that next week or on our next date night, you mm-hmm. know? And for some people hearing that, then a one might be even broaching the subject. A one might not even be broaching the subject with their partner. A one might be listening to this podcast. A one might be listening, you know, reading a book that has to do with, um, polyamory or open relationships. A one can look very different to different people. So, you know, if you're listening to this and you just heard that description of the scale and open relationships or an open marriage is something that you are considering on some level, then what could that scale look like for you? That's something to consider. So Ms. Serena, do you have anything else that you'd like to share on how you and your partner came to your numbers? Mm. Um, honestly, it was just going back and forth. I think for him, he's wide open. He would be ready to date people and explore things um, if I if I were. And so I just started saying, okay, if dating other people is a 10 and let's say a five is us dating other people, then where do we go from here? And so we just bounce things back and forth off of each other until we found areas where we were both comfortable. Yeah. And so you do feel comfortable with, let's say the one or the two that you outlined? Yes. So y'all will be creating a dating profile together? Yes. Okay. So are there you know, rules and regs that have been established or is it something that is just, it's in the process of being established with regards to how you will interact on it and the information that will be shared? So this is an interesting and fun layer because he and I are both bi-curious. So I'm bi-curious towards women and he's bi-curious towards men. Um, And it's not something that either of us have explored in depths, you know, um, I will speak just for myself. I've kissed other women and fooled around with other women. Um, but I have not had penetrative experiences with other women yet. Um, so deciding whether or not to date a male or a female is a big question mark. Um, I think that we would just be open to either just for the sake of getting out there and trying it. Um, so we'll see what happens. I think we just leave it open and see what happens. If we connect with someone, we connect with somebody. Another big question mark is, do we lessen the pool by, um, only dating another vegan? So I don't know. That's, that's morally yeah, an issue know, for us. And so. I mean, then that's great. It's not that it lessens the pool in a, in a truly. Oh, it definitely, it definitely does though. Let me tell you. Well, I mean, in a negative way, because you stand to gain by holding Mm -hmm. out for someone who aligns with your morals and ethics and values in that regard, you stand to gain a lot, you Mm -hmm. know, like the opportunity for connection is way bigger. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think we both want to be sexually attracted to the person. Um, and we really know each other's types 
right now. So that's always fun. I'm like, Hey babe, look over there. You know, <laughs> check that girl out. <laughs> that's really cool. We were watching too hot to handle last night. And there was a, um, scene where there's a blonde guy and a very attractive black man walking up. And those are my types. I like blonde, yep. Blonde Caucasian male, hopefully with tattoos and then a beautiful black man also. And they both walked in together and David was like, Oh, what are you going to do, Serena? (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to close my eyes and imagine I'm holding a hand of each one (laughs) as I I walk into this paradise. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, other than that, which is very, other than the veganism thing, it's, it's very surface level. We haven't talked too many of the details about the other person that we would date. Okay. So if then that is now on a scale, you know, you can kind of extrapolate, you know, the scale, you can really overuse that scale situation. If, if that's over there, then what is, you know, the steps in the direction or like, how would you break that down? Or if we are going to attempt our number one, then what are the processes? How do we reverse engineer that and make sure we do that in a way that feels really good? Because if you're ever going to get to the 10, then you need to do the one, the two, the three, the four well with, and I say, well, you know, it's relative, like what's re- well, because if you kind of fuck it up, then you rip repair and mm-hmm. hopefully you're even in an even better place. But there, there are some things that you can prevent ahead of time by being very intentional. And so having questions about, okay, so you have agreed to create this profile, but who's responding to the people? Are you going to have an agreement where when people interact with your profile is David, the one that's going to respond? Is it you? That's the one that's going to respond. Are you going to only read messages and respond together? Because there's a, there's a possibility that people are going to start interacting with your profile and maybe you don't pay attention to it all that much, but he's paying attention to it and maybe he's writing on behalf. And so then how does that feel? And if that Mm -hmm. doesn't feel good, then talking about it ahead of time. And it's not necessarily trying to control or micromanage each person. It's I, I pose the questions to y'all, what feels best? And if for him, it's like anything and everything, but the challenge that I would then have for him, you know, if you were a part of the conversation would be like, that's not going to cut it. You cannot say you want anything. You cannot say that you want everything. Let's go within and let's find the thing and just ask either this or that, either this or that. And I know that you want both, but we're going to come to what's the thing that you do want now and understand that this could change tomorrow and the next day and the next day. And that makes for a real fun dynamic relationship, you know, where it's just like, oh, you're equally as much of a mystery as I. Mm -hmm. So, you know. Mm. Yeah. I love that. I love that so much. And I appreciate the questions. It does expand my thought process. And in my mind, when I hear you ask that, I guess the only thing that I could think of is yeah, I would be okay with him taking control of it and responding to things because I also have access to it and it could be trust building in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and also it would be fun to do it together. So maybe not having a dating app downloaded on the phones, but perhaps opening up the computer and looking at things together. Our favorite place to shop for Crystal glass, and metal toys is Yoni Pleasure Palace. Sacred squirters, cervix serpents, Yoni eggs, 
prostate massagers, anal plugs and beaded wands, G-spot massagers, and something Jordan and I use all the time and even travel with, our plush velvety waterproof blanket. Every product feels so special when it comes from YPP. It's probably because of the care that is taken not only in the development of the toy, but in the packing and delivering of the toy. When you collect, because it's definitely a collection of sexy works of art, when you collect a new item, it comes with not only information on how to use it, but to also respect and revere it, along with cultivating respect and reverence for your own body and your own sexuality. I can't sing YPP's praises enough. To add to your collection, visit yonipleasurepalace.com and make sure to use the code THATSEXCHICK, all one word, at checkout for 10% off your order. And pretty please, if you share your items on social media, tag me. I'd love to see what you choose and celebrate you. For sure. And that's something that you can, now that you've considered it, can bring to your husband and say, I was chatting or I was thinking, you know, and this is what I'm thinking could be. I don't know if it's for sure going to happen this way, but I'm thinking that we create this and you take the lead on all of the communications. And I'm thinking what might happen is that it's going to help me feel more connected to you in this process and trust you more in this process because I can see anything. If I want to, I can see anything. And I know that you will be considerate of me and what you know of me and our relationship in all of these you know, conversations. I just know that if he did that, then um, probably 90% of the inbox would be women. I mean, and there's nothing wrong with that necessarily. Um, I just wouldn't know how to navigate that. Yeah. So something else to consider and also understand that a lot of the apps, if it's apps, the vast majority of the profiles, depending on what kind of app it is. Now, if it's something that's kink oriented or poly-friendly or something like that, then it might be a little bit different. But I think, you know, the, the majority of the people who are on, who are into, well, this might not be a fair assessment. I was going to say there might just be more women who are into the situation. Like there might be more women who are available to be thirds than there are men that are available to be thirds versus other Mm -hmm. types of people that are open and willing to be a third. So I think about, you know, the times that Jordan and I have played on the app field for those that are not familiar, F-E-E-L-D, it's, there's more available on the app in some locations than others. So I'll just throw that out there too. You might swipe and then you're like done in a second, but it's kink forward, sex positive, poly open, friendly. And a part of your description is like, it's best if you put as much of what you are looking for as you possibly can. That way, people who hopefully you're only interacting with people, well, not only you, cause you can totally interact with people that, that it's just for fun and it's just for one night and it doesn't really matter. But if you're going at it being more conscientious and more intentional, then if they don't read what you wrote, then that's a red flag. Unless you don't care. And then it's a green flag, you know, if you don't care, but, um, but to write like as much as you are into that way, you have more of a chance of actually getting it. Um, so in the times that Jordan and I have actually interacted on field, the vast majority of the people are women that fit our criteria that actually show up because you can change your settings. So if we wanted to see more men, then we would have to change some of the settings. And I'm, I, I, I mean, at this point I can go play around with it and see 
statistically speaking, how many more women there are than men, but you can try it and see. Mm-hmm. I mean, the best yeah. way to, to try it out, because I don't know what statistically speaking might be for Austin. That might be for other places. Yeah. Interestingly enough, I got drunk one night and asked a guy on a date for the two of us. And he said, yes. And then I got to eat a huge slice of humble pie. And, um, well, actually David brought it up to me, um, a day or two later. And he was like, is this something you actually want and are ready for? And I was like, no. (laughs) And he was like, okay, so do you want to have the conversation with this man or shall I do it? And so we did it together. We negotiated it and it was great. Um, and then there's another man who came on to us as a couple at a bar. Um, and we were not really interested, but we like flirting and stuff. So, um, it's interesting because our experiences so far kind of tiptoeing around it have been, been men have been, have been interested. Interesting. Okay. Well, that also might have to be the energy that you are putting out. Jordan is not throwing out heteroflexible vibes. He's not throwing out by curious vibes. You know, that would be very much something that I would be into that he would have like certain criteria to be okay with that. And we are far, that is like a 15 for Jordan. So reiterating that part. So it could be like our just general energy too. Plus a setting or two on the app, which I am down to play with just for shits and giggles and for the purposes of this conversation to take more of this conversation into my own personal life. But okay, so the next thing I'm curious about, it sounds like before I ask that next question, but what it sounds like is y'all are doing the work. This is something that you knew about your person and you agreed to go into this relationship and this marriage, knowing that it was going to be something that's an ever evolving process. And it sounds like you are in it. Like this is how this is unfolding. And it might be like baby steps here and there. And to some people listening to you speak and to tell your story, those are not baby steps. <laughs> those are like <laughs> leaps and bounds for them. Yeah. So considering, you know, all things considered with where you are at, knowing that I have some experience in it, but have worked with lots of people in open relationships. I think uh, if I look at the private clients that I've had over the course of the last five years, the clients that fit the ex-Mormon now are like left the Mormon church, are now in swinger lifestyle and are navigating how to be in relationship with each other while wanting to just kind of in a way make up for lost time and fuck everything. (laughs) (laughs) I, but also not have their relationship and their beautiful families because a lot of them have really amazing large families Um, and how not to like fuck it all up and keep it all together, but also, you know, tickle their fancies and all that. So I've worked with lots of people in these areas. Really the, what I would say my specialty in all of it is I want you to get I want to help people get what they actually want, what they truly want, which even though it might be on the surface level, they want sport fucking, which is like, I just want to have sex. Um, Usually sport fucking has its limitations with like how long that's okay and good and fun. And then that the sport fucking also becomes monotonous and kind of cumbersome and not that fulfilling. And so then how do we look at, you know, relationships and sex and still get fulfillment and still and find depth, but also protect the integrity of the 
let's say primary relationship without hurting the people that we're engaging with. So I have relative skill. So then my next questions are, or my next question is what questions, if you feel into your scenario and your situation that you are still considering that you could use maybe a little bit more perspective or, cause I know that you have so many resources at your fingertips. So like what else is on your heart? Yeah. Thank you. Um, well, I guess I'll, I'll start by just saying that that was really affirming to hear that these do not necessarily look like baby steps because they feel like baby steps to me with where I am right now. And yeah, that just feels really affirming and really good to, to hear because when we're in it and we're doing it, it feels like a lot of work and there's contraction and expansion. And so wherever the people who are listening, wherever you are on your path and journey, baby steps are great. They're so good. Start with the ones or the 0.5s if you need to. Yeah. Um, And then I will say that swinging is another thing that really excites me. Just being in a room with other couples who are couples. And so they understand and empathize and get it and are in the lifestyle, so to speak of kink and sex play. Um, so I would feel safe in that with where I am right now. And exploring that is something that I would love to do as well. Um, we have a pending invitation to a swingers party in October of this year. So it's kind of far away, but I'm excited about that. Mm -hmm. Um, so I guess exploring swinging would be my next question where to start with that. Cause private swingers parties are the way to go from what I understand. Yeah. And just knowing what I know of it and helping numerous people navigate that. I mean, you have sex clubs, which are not all couples that are coming in and out and you don't have to be in a couple in order or a more than a couple or in any kind of partnership configuration in order to be considered a swinger or someone in the lifestyle. Um, so it's just that a sex party or a sex club, let's just go with sex club. Um, there's all types of people and all types of identifying, you know, sexualities that could be present And it's not someone's home. So it's not necessarily a curated environment outside of the establishment, like the business establishment. It's not a curated, like it has a start time. It has an end time, except that the club opens at this time and it closes at this time. You know what I mean? So something that I wind up helping people who are in the lifestyle with is to get more of what, to get more from the lifestyle. Because like I was mentioning a little while ago, the sometimes I find couples because they have their relationship and they're excited about sex with other people. The term sport fucking or just fucking just, just because is exciting because there isn't that emotional thing attached to it. It's like, look what we can do. We're so naughty. And in a sense, right, that is very kinky. That doesn't mean, so being in the lifestyle or swinging is not mutually exclusive to kink. And kink's not mutually exclusive to swinging and open relationships. So I'll throw that out there too. Um, so staying on the, the, the train of like getting the most from those kinds of environments, which is more about sex than anything, as those couples 
continue on, then they want more. And so it's how do I still get connection and feel like I'm there's substance to this, but I don't feel like my relate the, the integrity of my relationship is at risk. So that's yeah. that piece too. Um, so the other thing is sex parties. I think this is really what I was going at is that then sex parties that are happening at someone's home, depending on who's leading them, they're curating the guest list so that that curated guest list might not necessarily be based on vanity, you know, like how mm-hmm. the, the owner of the home or the creator of the party thinks people look, which that is out there at times. But I mean, for me, if I were going to attend, then I would want to know that the person who is inviting is basing their invite list off of the uh, integrity of the people and the quality of the people and the communication skills of the people and the way that those people show up. You know, if it's an invite list of a bunch of people that are immediately going to do six shots of tequila and a line of Coke before they, you know, start saying, does anybody want to play? It's like, I'm not interested in going to that party, but if if you get an invitation and the invitation has got some deep questions to ask yourself, or you have, there's a start time and everybody gathers and there's like maybe a connective exercise that like gets everybody into their body. You know, these are, there's just, there's different flavors, just like there's different clubs to go into, but there's different flavors of the house parties as well. And so I've helped now a couple of my clients go to host parties with a unique and new lens because there is this fear that if we allow more intimacy, which means we talk about more than just, you know, surface level stuff and then go straight to fucking. It's this fear that if we get more connected to these people, then our relationships might be at risk. Like we, we might start causing trouble, you know, so then how to navigate wanting more depth and uniqueness and novelty without that fear. I mean, and that fear, of course, causes causes a bit of the aliveness and the passion and all that too. So, like, how do we respect boundaries and bring in wants and desires? Um, it's a big it's a big conversation. Starting to involve more people in your relationship and to mix sexual energy, you know, outside of your relationship with other people, it it's big and it's almost impossible to process every potential outcome. Yeah, definitely something that. I know that I have struggled with and have been challenged by with David is approaching our friends (laughs) or not. Um, So he is more open to sex play or dating with friends that already may exist in our life or may not. And for me, that's a soft boundary. I'm okay with it as long as like you were saying, they're in integrity and in alignment. Like if they can communicate well and understand their desires, their fantasies, their boundaries, all of those things, um, and are respectful and show up and are present, then I would consider it. Um, but it also feels scary to me because I love my friends and I friendship first and, sex play and dating other people would come second to that. So what advice or insight would you have in regards to exploring opening in any way, shape or form to friendships and how to navigate that? So we are a no to sex with our best friends. That's like a, a pretty early on. So just on a personal note, 
Um, and the reason is because we also prioritize the friendship first and know that blending sex, um, actual sex into the mix is, um, there's a possibility, there's a stronger possibility that we may not keep the friendship for whatever the reasons are. And so if that is the top priority, then that is what we, now, if they're an acquaintance and they're not someone that we consider a deep, close friend, then there's an option or a possibility. But our closest core, um, we want to make sure. And also, we know that that our friendship, let's say that we have another couple that we're really, you know, we're, we're into, we're flirty with, and we're best friends. Our friendship is a part of everybody else that we're very close with their friendship as well. Like the quality of their friendships and the fact that we're all close together. Like if something, if there's a riff between four people out of, let's say 12, everybody feels it. And we could potentially risk the entire unit that we've been building as far as our friendship goes. Now, an acquaintance is a little bit different, not someone that we are investing a lot of time and energy and resources into like some of our other friends, we invest a lot into them. So, and we have this conversation as a friend group already because a lot of us are curious and the more time they spend with me, the more curious they get. And so mm-hmm. we agree not to bring sex into our very close friendships, though we all agree to bring sensuality. So we agree for sensuality. We agree for sensual platonic touch and we oftentimes will go into experiences together and we'll remind we'll just say sensuality not sexuality so you're allowed to be your sexual creative powerful being each person is allowed to have their turn on each person is responsible for their own turn on and not leaking it over onto anybody which that's not a thing for for our friend group but I have experienced that in you know acquaintances and rings outside of our friend group for sure Um, and we agree that we agree to be sensual. And there have been times where we've been at a party and we've, we've had some things go down where we're like, Oh, that crossed the line where it was more on the sexual spectrum. And then there's conversations that need to be had and processing that needs to be had. And then it's like, Oh, okay. We're not going to do that again. Like that thing's hot. So, um, being really respectful for that. So I share that because, you know, this is what's factored into us making that those decisions, um, and so it really just, it just depends on, on the depth of friendship and how much you're, you're putting into them and how open you are to things getting potentially complicated. So the other side of the spectrum or the pendulum swinging in the other direction is you hire a sex worker for your first experience and it's very transactional and you get what you ask for. So if you want to essentially titrate your nervous system and you are fearful of the emotional components then, and you want to make it only about sex. And you want to know that at the, after this is done, there's no follow-up, you know, aftercare looks very, again, transactional. You're checking in on us because we are your client and we feel Mm -hmm. taken care of by you and feel good in this scenario. And I actually have really good friends that have, have done this recently and he came back and was sharing with Jordan that it was just one of the most incredible experiences of his life. Mm. And it was a sex worker. So when I say sex worker, this person did, I believe like her specialty was tantric body massage and, you know, tantric body massage. This was like a thing that was delivered to, to, to the one friend of ours. 
and involved, you know, total body, including lingam or including penis. And so again, the whole process was very, uh, conversations were had, checklists were made, boundaries were understood because that person who's delivering the service wants to make sure that they're delivering it exactly as you want it. Cause then she does a good job or they do a good job. Mm-hmm. Right. And so afterwards, and this person leaves and then they have each other and then they can process what that was like. And there's an agreement between the one that's delivering the service, you know, of course, to make it sexy and not like, okay, I'm here to do a job, but to make it <laughs> sexy and make it connective and be very clear with where the, the boundaries are with the, the flowing of the sexual energy, because sometimes people can get really confronted by there's t- my person and another person's sexual energy is weaving together you know, versus like they're interacting with each other, they're blending together, they're, they're love. It's like a, the feeling of love and connection, you know? And that can be like, oh shit, I'm not prepared for that. Like if there's like a Mm -hmm. a deep kind of connection there. So, you know, the emotional components, which with friendships there is definitely emotional components. I think it's again, stretch it out over, over a scale and to even test it out and see maybe where to start is you pay per hour with someone that, you know, is a referral or a recommendation. And it's like, I'm going to see how I feel about this. And this person is looking out for you. They're there. They are trained to look for micro like nuances in your, in the situation. They're like looking for, if you dissociate, they're looking for if mm-hmm. your energy withdraws, they're looking to you to, to help you uphold your boundaries in a sense, especially yeah. if you communicate that ahead of time. So that's yeah. Options. I love that. I love that you brought that into the conversation. I know um, David has worked with a sex worker previously, and that would be something I'm sure that he would be open to and um, may even still have connections to that arena in this area. Um, but for those who are listening who hear this and don't know where to start, like, great, Alexa, where do I find a sex worker? Um, what advice would you have for those people? Well, there are a few avenues online that you can, you can look up and I wouldn't say Google it. I'm not going to say Google it. Uh, use, I think brave is in a search engine. DuckDuckGo is a search engine. So like use a search engine that's maybe off of Google. That way you get some different results or you get results at all. Because sometimes I Google certain aspects of kink and it tells me there are no results. And I go to DuckDuckGo and it's, it's pages and yeah. pages and pages. So yeah, same. Um, yeah. Which is, which is wild. And I've also Googled something that I've looked a, a term up before in different places in the country and different results have come up. Like I've been in, I remember, I will never forget. I was in Georgia and I looked up and some element of kink and it was like no results. And then I was in new Orleans and I looked it up and it, it, and it came up or something like that. So Mm. just use different search engines. And one of the terms to look for, because there are different qualifications for sex work, right? And technically these things are illegal. This is illegal. The, de- the degree of the service can cross a line, especially depending on, again, like I was saying, your location. Uh, but look for somatic body workers or somatic sexologists or people who work. So, so soma means body 
So people who work with the body so or sex, sexological body workers. So those are all terms you can combine and put into the search engine and see what pops up. And then there might be other directories of people who have gone through certain certifications that are trauma-based or trauma-informed, that are pleasure-informed and pleasure-based, that are kink-positive, sex-positive, all of that. So you're going to get what you pay for. And if you spend time trying to, trying to really be present with who you're choosing, then chances are you're going to get a really high caliber of a professional in this space. And make no mistake, these are professionals. Just because someone's going to ejaculate or someone's going to have an orgasm in the midst of the session, do, does like don't discredit, right? That it's just, you know, hiring, you know, a prostitute. I don't even know if the, I, I can't even remember the last time I used the word prostitute. Like that's not <laughs> what we're talking about here. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're, and I wouldn't put it past, like that's not totally off the table for Jordan and I. Mm-hmm. You know, I imagine that this, you know, the, the friends that I'm, I'm thinking of that wound up having this experience, I'm like, what's her number? Yeah. Yeah. Because right now Share with the team, right, I want that. <laughs> right. You know, f- fly into Austin for a little sexy weekend and hire. I'm like, well, I was like, she don't know. We about to give her so much work, you know, yeah. and, because it's, right. you know what you're getting, you know what you're going to pay, you're, what, what you're paying for. And I can trust, right. I'm not holding the space or the container. I can also surrender and like process my mm-hmm. emotions or be in pleasure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That sounds really exciting. I love that this came up because I think it's something that could be really revolutionary to us with where we are. It's not something I've considered and I don't think that he's considered it yet either. I think doing that would also bring a lot of awareness to my own comfort levels, um, emotionally, physically, um, all of the above. Yeah. And it might be, there might be less present than you think, Mm -hmm. but you won't know until you're in the situation. But at the same time, don't put yourself in a, in a kind of scary almost situation that then you affirm the fear, you know, if you can take it slow. Right. And take it slow in a way where it's not several people's eyes on you. Like, how are you doing? Cause that's really mm. confronting. Are you okay? Mm-hmm. That's really confronting. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. I don't know, Lex. I have this fantasy, this gangbang fantasy. And um, I like the eyes on me. I like all of that. So this I wouldn't mind that personally. I'm like, that's a topic for a whole other, <laughs> you know. But I, I think really in this conversation, I mean, this was dynamic, right? Exactly. As I said, mm-hmm. there was some pieces that we shared with, were you and I just having a, a talk together? Mm-hmm. There were little bits of time where I was able to kind of give, you know, from a coaching perspective or just from my perspective in life. And then there were times where you or I both paused to interact directly with the listener and say, by the way, if you heard this and you felt X, Y, Z, consider mm-hmm. this or you know, in the question of the resources and how to source things and stuff. So um, I'm appreciative of the way that this conversation flowed. I know we had a couple of little sticky spots that were in the Wi-Fi. And if Soulfire Productions is as good as I know that they are, then the listener yeah, will have are. no idea that those things happened throughout this conversation, <laughs> unless I specifically said it. <laughs> uh, which you just so. did. So. Well, and I did it. And I did it the second time that happened too. So yeah. yeah. Um, I, is there anything else that's on your heart or that you would like to share? Um, and at the end of it, I would love for you to share some things that you're proud of 
Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. This conversation is, it just feels good. It feels neutral from a very positive space. I didn't feel very charged um, in either direction. And this is a very, very layered topic. And to just have the opportunity to talk and peel back some of the layers of um, swinging and dating friends and the idea of even opening marriage at all. And there's so many layers to this. And so I love that we were able to jump around and touch on a few of the different layers. And I know that there's even ones that we didn't touch on, um, but just having the opportunity to look at it and to peel back some of those layers uh, was really eye-opening for me. And so I feel very grateful for that. And I'm grateful for whoever is listening and is a part of this process. And I hope that this touches you in some way, shape or form. Um, So thank you for listening and being a part of this journey. Yeah, because it definitely showcases that we are two people that do work in this space professionally, having our own human experiences. The work is never yeah. done. And thank goodness. Life is way more fun. Yeah. I think once, anyway. Once I peel back these layers, there are gonna be some more motherfucking layers for me to peel back <laughs> too. So <laughs> So great. Maybe I hear a little bit of what you're grateful for in there too. Yeah. Yeah. I am grateful. So grateful for the the depth that myself and my partner are willing to go to for our love and our pleasure and our intimacy and to live the life that we want to live. And I'm, I don't, I don't know if I've ever paused to express gratitude for that. So I'm really grateful and really proud of both of us. There's been tears and screaming and sacred tantrums and uh, so many uh, things for processing Um, and there's also been a lot of deep connection and love and support and intimacy that I didn't know was available until I was there experiencing it. So this one goes out to you, babe. Grateful, grateful for you. And I'm grateful for you sharing your time, opening your heart, coming onto the show so that other people could learn and also gain a little bit of insight and maybe have some questions to sit with for themselves or bring into their relationship. And, you know, this topic is not for everybody. Mm -hmm. Like there's a number of things that we shared that, you know, throughout the episode that there's going to be people that are like, I totally don't resonate with that, or that totally freaks me out, or that's an absolute hard no. And so um, as we round out this show, if you listen to this whole episode, I would love for you to you made it to the end now. Uh, if you can safely close your eyes and take a breath and feel what's present in your body. And if mm. your nervous system is activated on any level, and that could look like even being turned on, but also maybe experiencing a little bit of shame or maybe experiencing a little bit of like, yeah, well, I'm turned on by this, but this could never fly in my relationship. Or just the idea of it brings up fear or contraction or whatever could be present in your body. I just want you to be with it and acknowledge it. So a little bit of aliveness in there and take a nice big breath in your body and let those sensations, if you want them to, they might feel good, but if you want them to let them go, send them down your body and into the earth. 
and take a few more breaths. And then when you open your eyes, look around. So start becoming aware it, just to kind of take you through something. When you open your eyes, see if you can look at things around you, say what color they are to yourself, name the object, look up, look down, look all around, get present. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. I just mm-hmm. wanted to take a moment and just uh, invite you to notice what's there for you and be present with that. And then also come back to center. Mm, so I love that. Thank you so much. All right, loves big convo. Let us know what you thought. Let us know your feels. And if you loved it, please, the best way you can share. I know a lot of you message me in my DMS and you comment on Instagram and in the various places and inside of the Facebook group, the best way to share that you love the show or you've gotten something from the show is in the form of a review. So we absolutely love to see all those reviews on Apple iTunes podcasts. I don't know if that's how you say it. Apple podcasts, the the best way to share with us. I believe Spotify is going to come out with reviews very soon. Um, But for now, those Apple reviews, they go a really long way as far as sponsorship for this show, making sure we have amazing guests on the show, all of the above. So the best way, again, to share with us that you love the show is in the form of a review. All right, loves. We'll see you next week. Thanks so much for listening to today's show. If you loved it, be sure to subscribe so you never miss a new episode. And if you extra, extra loved it, make sure to leave a five-star review. I'll see y'all next week.